West West Show. Before. I think this probably will be my longest Longest like, um, Podcast, yeah oh, okay. Usually it's like quite short Yeah, yeah Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's cool <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I, I try and make it At least more than At least an hour and a half Because <clears throat> You get a lot of When you have a conversation Like you get a lot of um, Information Not information, but You get a feel for your guests And Like, especially if a guest Has been on radio all the time Like Or TV Because that, that one minute, two minute soundbite. Like if 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 say say someone you see someone on the TV or radio at Sangata Pacifica or something like that, talking about a specific event or uh, a social issue, uh, and you only get five minutes of it, it's probably not quite enough for the audience to like understand fully in context. Yes. <laughs> you know, other thing because the other thing that happens is that the story it goes away. Yeah. Because we're talking about we're talking about like um, mainstream media, and it's like. A story comes and goes, but sometimes the story is always there. Yeah. Like, for instance, the Iwimatel right protests and that. Mm-hmm. Like, that was big when it was happening. But I'm sure it was still going, but the news went somewhere else. Cause, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know? So, uh, see, I didn't even know what's up. Like, I don't know if it was successful, successful or what. Yeah. Know, so. They just stopped covering it. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But uh, now, thank you, Diamond Langi, for coming to Back on One Through Five. No, thank you for having me, Cam. Oh no, my good. gosh. And yeah. good um, viewers, I was telling Cam he has like a great setup here. So yeah, good on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Because, um, hey, how was the, did you, you and your family stay up to, to watch the game? Or did you wake up early to watch the game and in the weekend? You didn't the game I'm talking about, are they? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to, you know, my family actually stayed up to watch it. Stayed you know, up? Oh, okay, yeah, they, yeah. they stayed up all morning. I actually didn't just because I had something that I had to, you know, be alert and awake for mm. in the morning. But I heard the news when I woke up and I was like, oh, but mm. you know what? For me, it's it's a toko uso. You know, like you still got to be happy for, you know, our sisters and brothers for Samoa. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's it's all about how they played on the field. And, mm. and Samoa delivered and they did their thing. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I- I saw a post today, and I agree. Uh, a guy I knew he posted about how MMT, the, how they started for real, like getting all those top players in the NRL to come over and play for Tonga. You know, not bypass Australia, like not play for the Kangaroos and play for Tonga. That sort of inspired all the other Pacific nations to do the same. So I think without MMT doing what they did a few years ago, how I think it was they, uh, Andrew Fafita, he was the first one. He was, he was one of the guys that. The top players that came over for, to play for Tonga inspired a lot of the Pacifiers. Like, hey, don't have to worry about um, playing for Australia. Yeah, you that's know? right. Especially the Australian-born ones, or Australian, the ones that are over in Australia and grew up there. Yeah. Huh, you know. So. <laughs> Did you stay up and watch the game? No, I didn't. But okay. I made sure I was up to watch because, man, all week. You, if you even if you weren't hyped, you saw the hype <laughs> on the streets, on your social media. Yeah. Like all the flags everywhere, you know. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was awesome to see how people out there 
celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, celebrating the event. Even though, you know, the game wasn't... No one won the game yet because they haven't played. They're yeah. still <laughs> celebrating, you know. That, that's cool. That's cool. But, you know, I think without MMT happening, Samoa wouldn't have that team they had now. You know, so... It's good. It's a... Yeah. Mm, it's good for Polynesian sports, you know. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, I seen they... They went so hard at Mangere Town Center. I was like, it looks so good. And I, they were like popping fireworks. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, such a vibe. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I, I actually had a plan. So I'll go to sleep early on Sunday. Wake up at 3.30. And so I was the only one that they got up. But my, my yelling at the TV woke my whole family. Yeah. So they all ended up coming down to watch the game with me. So oh, that's good. That so good. it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Your passion is like, yes. <laughs> but uh, you know, like it was, it was such an intense game, mate. Mm-hmm. It was such an intense game. Wow. I don't know if you heard, but man, it was like tight all the way up to the last two minutes. Yeah, you know, and it could gone gone either way. Yeah, like someone <laughs> could have won, someone could, you know, someone won. But you know, it was that last minute thing, man. I was like, <laughs> oh man, this is so tense. I was like, I haven't been tense like that in a long time. Really? <laughs> like watching the game, you know. Yeah. So, because we're so invested, eh? yeah, we're so invested, yeah, so invested in it, eh? so no, you know, in your career, and that have you did like promotions with the team and stuff like that? Have you? No. Yeah, so the last game that they played when they were recently here in New Zealand, I got to participate in the Gava ceremony, so I was the Doa, so I was the one, um, basically, uh, Tongans call it Balu, they Balu the Gava, and then. They have, um, there was girls there as well too. They were handing the gava out to the players, which was quite a unique experience because the last gava ceremony that I did was in 2019 when I won Miss New Zealand. We did it there and it was open to the public. It was in Hamilton. And then the next one that they had, which was this year, 2022, it was a closed event. So it wasn't open. And that's because a lot of the, team manage, uh, managers didn't want the players to get COVID. Uh, there was a lot of things right. that were put in place. So even the GABA had to be pre-made, all that kind of stuff, just to make sure none of the players were sick. So when they go back to play for their their um, teams that they play for, they're not injured, they're not sick, they, nothing's happened to them. So, yeah, it was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and because yeah, you, you just mentioned like it was during COVID. So it was, yeah, it was, it was hard to navigate like how the do stuff like that with the non-contact and yeah all it was kind of so stuff. interesting yeah. especially because it's the you know the gava ceremony is so big for us but mm. to follow rules and regulations just to make sure the players are safe and also like the coaches and stuff as well too and everyone that was participated at the event that no one would get sick was quite an interesting experience <laughs> mm. yeah 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 because yeah. what happened the first time we did it with the because it was part of your campaign for the beauty patient for the miss new zealand was it yeah, so they, because of course the players came over here and there had to be a woman figure that was a representative of Tonga and also a representative of New Zealand. And oh, right. I just happened to win that pageant, Miss New Zealand, though like Diamond is the perfect person to mm. to be the front face for it. So, And I was nervous because I was like, I've never done the Gava ceremony before. Yeah. But, you know, like learning all of that kind of stuff. I was very happy because, you know, sometimes in our careers, it takes you into spaces and it gets you out of your comfort zone but most importantly it's quite a beautiful experience when you get to learn more about your culture so right. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's cool that's cool because you know back then in 2019 when you won 
Like that was right before COVID, though. So how did that affect the? Because after any pageant, like any big pageant, like Miss New Zealand or Miss World, there's that year of um, promoting and stuff, and then until you give the crown away for the next pageant, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so did that? How much of an impact was that? Was COVID for your like um, your reign? Yeah, it was. It was quite interesting. Like so, it was still my year of reigning. And till date, I'm the longest reigning Miss New Zealand. I still hold the title. Oh, yeah. Because oh, they haven't been, done it yet. They haven't done oh, it yet. So yeah. it's like been since 2019 and now it's 2022. But of course, our contract says you just have to serve your one year. And then, of course, you still hold the title until the organizations come together, do another pageant, do other contestants, and then give it to the new winner. So, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> so because of COVID, you stretched your... Your yeah, brain, most right? definitely. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? It's been it's been beautiful because a year goes by so fast, and especially if you're doing so much work, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, especially with the Maori and the Pacifica community. So it's just like I'm so thankful it kind of branched out a bit because it's just like you can't fit so many things. Even though people are like one year is a lot of time, it's actually not. Mm. Especially if you're catered like and you're supposed to be in different places doing different things. There's just certain things that that mean dear to your heart, especially if you want to work with your community and your people. Mm. So yeah, I'm happy that you can, do, you can do more. Eh? Yeah. You can do more. <laughs> so what exactly were you doing like for the? So my that? advocacies were climate change and mental health. Mm. So those are my two focal points, and you know it's just an ongoing topic. You know what I mean? Especially with social media and all the things that you do. I do a lot of promo work, just to get our people. Like sometimes we. I feel like social media comes in and our focus tends to go away. But we focus on a lot of things that are currently happening right now in the Pacific Islands. Here, what's happening in New Zealand and also with what's happening with our youth. It's an important focus to look at and just try and understand, A, and then B, because I go out to the schools, I talk with these these kids and these students about, you know, why some of them make the choices that they make when it comes to mental health. So I'm just thankful it just branched out. You know what I mean? And I have a um, charity foundation, the Diamond Longing Foundation, where whatever I work I do in performing arts, 50% of that goes into my foundation. Oh, yeah. And then I cater and I give that back to our community in whatever kind of way that I can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, you know, with the youth and mental health, that's been spotlighted a lot, especially last week with uh, Mike King. Did you see Mike King's interview on yeah. The Rock? And, and that was so sad. Eh? Like, for me, what... For me, watching that just told me, man, there is a problem. Yeah. Uh, of course, that's a problem. But the problem was that, you know, the the government is under-resourced. No, they can't get to these these kids that Mike King was trying to, was talking about. I mean, I think it was like six months or something that on the waiting list. And that's too long. Mm. But um, it's good that your foundation like helps as well. We'll try and just With the, the thing is like I have to make sure to get more work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So mm. So what do you think about that? About what Mike King was was doing with the Gumboot Friday and you know, compared to what you do in your foundation and that? Like I think it's just like trying to find different avenues, right? Like trying to find resources. Yeah. And sometimes for me, like I learned real fast I can't really rely on certain fundings to, or to get certain things so I can help. But for me, it's like, I always go back to 
when I have visions or I have dreams, I know God gives it to me. And then I'm like, okay, if you give me this, I know you're going to help create opportunities for me to give back. Because mm. it's almost kind of like a deal I have with God. Like, he's like, I'll give you this, but remember this conversation that we had. And I'm like, right. So I'm given that opportunity. And for me, it's like, I, I really focus on my talent and mm. the things that I'm good at. And then whatever, like I touch base on whatever that kind of pay is, I always have to make sure to give back. It's always, and for me, it's like, just not waiting around. You have to create your own your own opportunities, even if you don't make much, right? But everyone can make a difference. Because mm-hmm. if we were to go back to to the discussion of people spend what four to five dollars on coffee, right? And some people spend that on a regular, and some people have what researchers have said two to three coffees a day. And if we're based here in New Zealand and it's four to five dollars, depending on what size you 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 have money to donate, you have money to put aside mm-hmm. to actually create your own opportunity for yourself to give back to the community right so that's the position i put myself in it's like i can go to the government all the stuff but then you're going to be on the waiting list or you know you just don't know it's it's unless you have direct contact or you're connected and you're networked with certain people mm-hmm. in these areas that can help you and then if you're not it's quite difficult and so for me like just learning real fast and learning from people who are in that space and they want to give back, but you know, they're in that situation. Like I can't help where they feel kind of stuck. It's boom. What can I do with the resources that I have, the networks that I have and the talent that I have mm. to build something up and give back. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Especially for me. Cause you know, I've developed this new passion of doing a podcast, you know, I've got my full-time job that I've done for years and in my spare time I do this. Right. So this has become my sort of like, the thing I want to do, like, all the time but that giving back to the community like it's trying to figure out how to do that eh? you know like like you were few you're 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 talented and that you know you're you, you love what you love you love acting you love singing you know how do you the, i think the figures that you've you're trying to figure out is trying to find a way to how can i give back with the talent that i have like with my acting or with my singing you know i, I give entertainment and that entertainment makes people happy makes people sad make, you know gives people these memories how do how did how do i turn that flip that to do good to the community you know you know what i mean like you can always like take the money because you know but you're not you know you've got the community in your back of your head you got these you got your foundation like how do i you know how much of a, a pool do i have to help my community you know and i think yeah it's I think when you talk to the different people about this, you sort of understand why they do it because it's about the why too, you know, you know, and you know the why is always your family, family first. But uh, sometimes, if that's all good, oh yeah, that that's right. This this cool thing I heard ages ago, like um, help yourself first because if you're sick, you can't help anyone else. So you gotta help yourself first, and then help your family, and then if and then that's good. You got a little bit left. Help the community. And you start going out. So I think I don't know. I might be right, but I think you've done that. You've helped yourself. You're all good. Your family's all good. Now it's time to reach out to the community. You know. And how do I do <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. 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 I hope I hope I can do this and that too. You know. But you know the good thing, Cam, is is like you've created this space for yourself, right? You're doing this podcast and. I feel like 100% you are because you bring different people into the space and the topics that they do talk about, you're bringing awareness to it. And sometimes people might be like, 
oh, I didn't know about this. You might even say something that I'll be like, oh, I, I didn't know that. So it's like even knowledge and sharing wisdom is like sharpening each other's swords. Mm. So that's that's quite beautiful. And I and I know when people want to bring different people into spaces like this, there's there's a, another blessing that comes yeah. with that thing. So yeah. I'm excited for you, Cam, in your journey. So oh, <laughs> Plus, I, I like to think that I have an open mind too. Mm. So I like getting, yeah, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. I like getting different people on. Because I like seeing different point of views. Like I'm not really a one view guy in my way or the highway kind of thing. I, I like to hear other views. So, so in saying that, you know, I get different people with different, you know, you know, and I try to figure out, yeah, I try to figure out stuff. But um, yeah, I think that I think, and I think because I always thought that I had this like little little bit of selfishness about this podcast too. Like it's just me wanting to learn off people. And it just so happens it's recorded and put online that other people can hear too. So I come from a place where me wanting, me being hungry for information, being hungry for for knowledge and experiences from other people, you know, to so I can help me understand. And then not not thinking, you know, having <clears throat> having this going out to everybody else in the world, like that's subconscious. That's not, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just there, but. I think it works out. It's one. Of, it's one of these things where you go. Um, it's you don't see it, but it's, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no. Thanks for that, because you, you. I think you're asking me these questions, making me reflect about this, this space. You know. So, yeah. No, that's good. So, what are you up to? Like, what are you up to now? What's what, what's happening? What's happening with your career and Stuff like that. <laughs> and your music and that. Uh, so what's currently happening right now? I have a show tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a Cook Island show, and it's by Vivian Awe. He's a incredible choreographer, um, well-respected in the Cook Island community. And basically what he's done is created a show dedicated to his mom. All right. And it's so... It's so interesting in its own unique way because he's incorporated fashion and dance intertwined into one and for me when I seen the concept come to life because we have rehearsal every single night it's something that I can see in New York or happening in London Rome it's on that level of mm. it's it's on that level of high fashion right and when it was unfolding in front of my eyes, I was like, oh my gosh, Vivian's vision is just quite unique. You know what I mean? So the show's happening tomorrow. And what's beautiful also about it is that he's got every single one of the models and also every single one of the dancers to say their mother's name and say three things about their mom. And then when they say it, the dancers do a movement to it. But we all come out together as one. So the models come out together as one and, in, and with the dancers. The dancers are dancing and the models are doing a fashion show. It's a right. moving art piece. So it's it's so beautiful. We've been having rehearsal for that. So super excited. That's tomorrow. And um, yeah, he has another show which is going to be based in Mangere. And it's with his dance company, Awe Dance Company. And that's going to happen the first week of December. So that's currently what's happening for me in the fashion space. Fashion. Right, um, right. Because that, is that, 
Because when, when when you said that, I was thinking of that. I don't remember if you watched um, Rihanna did that, did that um, dance. She did a similar sort of thing. Oh, like, right, with Fenty. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with the... With Paris? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> and it was long, it was a long um, dance thing, eh, in the building. Yeah. And all the lights, and like, there's that spiral stairs and yeah. dancing, and it was kind of like that. Yeah, it's like that, but a Polynesian twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and... What's also very beautiful about it is that him and his sister make all the the pieces as well too. So he does the choreography and he's also the designer with his sister. And I was like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh! Like I love seeing that for our people. Yeah, you yeah. know, like they're multifaceted in different areas. Let's just let's just say in fashion. But he's like, oh, I'm gonna do the choreography, but I'll do the I'll teach the models as well too, the movements, and I'll also do like the designing. I'm like, wow, you know, such a visionary. So it's it's beautiful to work with you know those kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. So with the choreography, do the dance? Do you have to like go back and dress and another, you like change your dress and come back and dance again? Is that that kind of thing? Yeah. So I know we all come out together and we're all in one color, I believe, and then the models go back. We change into whatever the outfit we're wearing, whatever design collection. So yeah, super exciting. That's that's what's happening um, in the fashion space. Um, In terms of acting i just um oh where to begin <laughs> yeah i know because i want to talk to you about Sosefina soon oh wow but, yeah but, yeah but where do we begin because <laughs> you must have you must have had a lot of op- op- opportunities after that because again i saw you on um the tiktok uh, series i forgot the name of it, it was, it's it's denny's um yeah the little creation there the and you're you you're, you're in one episode when you're fighting something yeah. you're, you're fighting the man the tongue rogue general that's it that's it <laughs> Is that is that finished or is that still going? Because I think your episode was the last one I saw. Yeah, I believe maybe maybe there's two more. I'm not too sure. Oh, right, yeah, right. <laughs> but such a awesome like awesome <laughs> concept, man. Like they their team did really good. Yeah, yeah. you know, and especially especially for our younger generations to see, you know, our people like setting the tone right like yeah you can get into that space right mm-hmm. doing like editing those <laughs> special effects i was like oh my gosh i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah super fun yes yeah, so is that and uh oh so what else have you mean have you got other other projects um yeah i just finished i was part of a web series called brutal lives mm. um we just finished season two so I believe it's going to drop this month or maybe the first week of December um, on Coconut and also Neon. Super excited. It's, it was my second project speaking in all Tongan, the Tongan language. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. But I think this <clears throat> this last project I did for Brutal Lives was the hardest for me. Sounds Be- serious. Yeah, yeah. I was like, my character is quite serious. <laughs> um, it was it was a beautiful challenge for me because I had to speak ancient Tongan. Oh right. I'm you know it's it's kind of like Shakespeare but Tongan Shakespeare, right? You know, and man, I had a difficult time and I was so nervous. I remember when we did the code read, yeah, and I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna have some like you know like English um text right so i was like reading all this stuff and i noticed my whole script all my dialogue was 
Tongan and it was ancient Tongan. I was like, so I was reading it the cold read. I was like shaking. I was like, <laughs> so I, I had to actually get help. So thank goodness they had a culture advisor there, um, Milika, to help out. And I also got one of my best friends, Manadataf, to help me with the project because, man, it was mm. just like getting getting familiar with that kind of language. Even though I, I speak um, fluent Tongan, but fluent ancient Tongan is a whole different ball game. Oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah, I'm quite, I'm kind of nervous to see how it is when, when it comes out. But yeah, I think that character really, it really taught me a lot of things. Mm. And it really, I, I went into really deep, different spaces with this character. Right. Spaces that I was afraid to tap into because it's always been... You know, like, especially, like, coming from a background of fashion and beauty, we're kind of conditioned in a way to, like, you have to put a facade on and don't try to show too much what's going in, in inside, right? You have to kind of, like, push it down. Where acting is, like, you have to bring it out and and, and perform it. Right. And it was just, I, I remember there was one scene where I have to get really really angry like a deep kind of angry where it's it's i've experienced it before but it's something that it's like i've had to like push down right and i remember when i i i knew so the acting coach i was on set um annabella she was like i need you to take it up and i knew what she was saying i was like <laughs> oh and i just knew it and i was like okay oh, so you were holding it back like you know when you said you knew yeah you were holding i was back, holding yeah. it back i was like i was i just know where i can take things and sometimes mm. i'm like let's just play it safe all right, right but with acting you can't fake things because your eyes can't lie in screen right like they they pick everything up even live live pieces live theater performance like you can't lie with your eyes and when she said it to me i was like dang it she knew it right and i remember after i did that certain scene right when the director said, cut. I went into a corner and I just cried. Like I cried my eyes out because I just was like, but I'm just thankful. Like I've, I have, um, I went to school for acting. So I know how to get out of that space safely. Yeah. But man, it just was very difficult. Like I, f I feel with this character that, that I played, her name is Mana, Mana Bouli. It's, it's a different side that a lot of people have not not seen they're not going to expect my look they're not going to expect the way i talk they're not going to expect the deliverance and acting mm. i think people are just gonna be like holy crap what <laughs> but, but that's just people that know you i guess yeah your family people who really know yeah. me very well yeah but anyone else will be there wow yeah that touched me so i'm super uh. <laughs> excited <laughs> Now that, that that's cool because <clears throat> also what acting school did you go to in here in New Zealand or? Yeah, I went to study at the actors program. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because trying to dig deep into like these emotions, eh? It's like you said, like even if like if you want to go to these dark places, like sometimes you gotta bring back these old memories, eh? And actually relive them again in your head, eh? Yeah. And that's that will help you. Far that's see. I don't know if that's the best part of acting. Probably not. Do you think? Man. I feel like in a sense of you can release it. Because mm. sometimes 
we don't have that opportunity to release certain things we hold inside of mm-hmm. ourselves, which can, which can be quite therapeutic. But at the same time, if you don't know how to safely get out of these spaces, like because it's it's one thing to let it out, but it's another thing of teaching yourself not to stay in there. Right. And going into a spiral going downhill because, you know, if, especially if it's a a deep experience that you've had and you don't want to relive it, it, it can be quite harming for, for your mental space. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. learning how to get out of it safely um, but letting it out, I think, is quite therapeutic in itself. So, yeah. yeah. Is there any actresses you look up to like with that with that kind of thing like in other movies and you see them like, say, Meryl Streep? Like the greatest woman actor. <laughs> That's what they say. But, you know, some of that kind of stuff. Like, anyone you look up to? I, was, I have to say Viola Davis. Right. You know, um, if you guys haven't seen it, The Woman King. Wow. Oh, that's new, eh? Yeah. Just the cast on that, I'm just like... And it's a dream of mine to work with her. Right. It's, I think I have... Well, I don't think I know. Like, I love working with women of color because we relate on so many different kind of topics. A, B, also it's like working with good women. You know, I watch so, you know, you can tell a lot by watching people's interviews. Well, I like to believe that, right? Mm. And there's something about watching women who act, like do interviews, because you can see they, they don't hide their heart. When they interview, yeah, some like I don't, I don't know if it's because I've I've been taught how to read people or like you know, but they come with this this genuine honesty where they don't care how they look, they don't care how they're they're seen, they just they are just themselves, and I really enjoy it. Like I've learned so many things watching Viola Davis's interview and like Mm. yeah. The first thing comes to mind is that when she's on the um, the superhero, superhero meme, especially on she's on um. Suicide Squad, yeah. <laughs> I just put her in that mean face, that straight face kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I lo- it's funny because I love movies. And um, a, lot of the, a lot of these actors that, you know, grew up with, these method actors, like, it's interesting how they can actually transform. And then it seems so easy that, you know, go into this dark place and get yourself out of it. It's like they can do it just just like that, you know? It seems, but but we don't know because we don't know behind the scenes in that, you know. When I think about the Dark Knight and Heath Ledger, you know what he had to go through, he put himself in to be, to be the Joker, and and you know the Joker, he's like a, a cartoon, he's he's like a comic book, he's mm-hmm. a character, but you know he's actually made it realistic, moving into this real dark place, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, that method acting. Um, hmm. You know, with, with, do you get into that kind of thing too? Like the the method acting and stuff? Yeah, I feel like everyone has their own tools mm. that mm. they have in their little toolkit. And for me, um, I have my own kind of unique way of method acting. It's just because we get taught in acting school different method actings, right? But you have oh, yeah. to gravitate towards the one you can feel you can tap into the character easily. Like, so what's one for example? Um, mine is so. It's how do I explain this? Okay, the easiest way I can explain it is like, so you see the script, right? You dissect it, but you have to 
in terms of dissecting it, you have to have a substitution. So substitution is like let's just say the care let's just say my character's name is Mary and the other character's name is David. So automatically for David I'll have to use a substitution. So I can bring David really into life. So I have to actually use a real person that I know to substitute David, but I'm actually still speaking to David, but I have right. another person in mind. Right. Right. Um and do, does that have to be a person that's similar to to David? No, it can oh. be like it so let's just say that the scene is about love. Yeah. Right? And you have to think of something or someone who makes you feel that unconditional love. And for me, let's just say right. I would use my dog Hercules. Right. I absolutely love him, but I'll use my dog Hercules as a substitution for David. So when I'm speaking to him, it's in a loving manner, but it's because I have Hercules in my mind. Okay. But I'm delivering yeah. to to David, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. right? Um, also, dissecting is just like we have four four walls, and basically what that means is like tapping into that that scene. So let's just say the scene is we're in we're under the water. You really have to think about you being under the water or experiences that you've had in the water. What does it feel like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? You have to use all your senses in these four walls to really bring that scene to life. Because sometimes it's like. Let's just say people act and they're like, but are you in that world? Sometimes people will see and they're like, but sometimes people, if they haven't studied, they're like, I don't get what you mean. Because directors right. can see if you're not under the water swimming right. with the mermaids, right? Because right. you're not feeling it. You're not visualizing that world. Um, another part of it is your want. What is your want and what is the character's want? So let's just say my want for David is... I want you to love me. So I need to make sure I win my I want, right? So it's just little things like that. Mm. It's like really dissecting the script. But for me, that's how I really tap into the character very easily. I can read it. I'll read it. We'll have a cold read. And I'm like, okay. But I'll never make the character stick, if that makes sense. Like, what I mean by that is like, I'll be like, oh, she's mean. I'll apply that to her right away. I really would do my research like, what was she and who was she before? Where right. is she now? And what is going to happen after it? So I have to really create scenes from before and then after just so I can know how her movements are. Not just that scene that you guys see right. on the screen or the TV, right? Right. We really need to really bring that character to life. So, yeah. so do you need like a few minutes before the scene starts to actually be in the character? Yeah, uh, what was the question? Like you didn't like before the scene starts, before the like your action, do you have to be in the character? Are, are you in the character already? Like a few minutes before, just to get up to it. Yeah, you I know? usually walk in as the character. Right. Oh, from, from when you start. Right walking. from yeah. Right, right when I wake up, I address my. So if my name is Mary, I wake up. I wake up as Mary. How would Mary have her coffee? How would so before I even get to the location of where I'm shooting, I'm already that character oh, whoever right. that character right. is yeah just because it's like <clears throat> you, your body is warm so when the director gives you any kind of directions like you're naturally for me if i were to be mary mary yeah because mm. i heard some stories about some actors in hollywood they just stay in the character of, right all day and yeah. all night <laughs> i mean right through the um the shooting period they're in the character yeah and they'll get upset if they break it yeah. They want to, <laughs> but that's hard, are they? <laughs> that's not a level kind of. 
Yeah. You know, it's so funny that you said that. I remember <laughs> when I was talking to one of my best friends and yeah. I was in Mana. Mana, Mana Pauli's character. And Mana Pauli's character is here. Like she's, She speaks like this. She's real grounded, just real serious. So I was speaking like this, right? And I remember. <laughs> so he called me and he's like, hey, let's go get something to eat. And I'm like, yeah, cool. And he's like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. And he's like, you're scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I didn't tap. I I didn't tap out of her. Right. I was still her. Like I can feel it. Like the way I was looking mm. outside the window. The <laughs> the way I was like touching things. I was still her. And it was not until I went home, really safely got out of that space. Like like um, took a shower and everything. And then I washed her off of me. Oh, then I was wow. like, oh, I'm back to diamond. So you actually. <clears throat> Uh, the character actually took over you. Yeah, the character really, really? took over me. Yeah. So you're not in control. Is that what you're saying? No, sometimes. I'm. I'm still <clears> in control. <throat> it's like, it's like let's let's just say when I was mana, like I'm still mana, like, but diamond is still there. Like diamond would be like, but she's inside, like to to the heart. But the whole body, the everything, the movement, the way I was conducting myself, like the way I would speak, the way I would look was. One million percent mana, but that's just because I just I really wanted to bring her to life. Yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> See, that's hard. I couldn't do that. <laughs> See, it's funny. Then, like, you gotta appreciate actors, eh? You know, when when you went through the school and you you're actually working as an actress, like, you, then you have this appreciation of you know real like, actors in Hollywood, like on movies and that what they have to do, like those real they've done it for years, eh? I have so much respect. Like, you know, when I, before I went into acting, I was like, you know, naive Diamond was like, oh, acting is so easy. Oh, just, I could just portray that character. But man, it's like, the way you have to show up for these characters is quite confronting. Because, you know, as I touched based on, it's like, there's so much of you you you've been hiding for years. And if you're right. not used to showing that, right. man, it's like a it's like a push and pull, you know, mm. um, movement. Because you're just like, so much of you is like, yeah, we're gonna do that. But then, one hundred, like more of you is like, why are we showing this? I thought we were we made a deal. We're gonna hide all these emotions, right? There's you know, there's no hiding in acting. Absolutely no hiding. Like, I and I had to learn that when I was in acting school, like. A lot of our tutors that would come in and they're really well respected, you know, in the industry here in New Zealand. Man, they will know right away if you're lying. And I know I touched based on that. They're like, come on, let's let's go. And then you're like, oh my gosh. Like you're just standing there like an innocent child and they're like, you know, you know you're hiding. Don't be afraid to be seen. And that's the, that's... Um, the actors program really taught me so many things, especially being conditioning, you know, coming from as a touch base on modeling and pageants. There was a certain kind of way I had to portray myself in, you know, and have a certain presence. But man, honestly, after acting, like a lot of people were like, you're so different. Because it got to the point where it was like, I would wear less makeup. Because in acting, it's not about your looks. It's it's about the emotions. It's what you're portraying. It's what you're you're bringing, Right. So it's like it went from one whole year, like it was just layers of things being like stripped off. 
in a in, in a creative way, right? And it got to the point where she's like, I would rock up to school, literally. I'll just wake up, take a shower, sweat, no no makeup, no nothing, hair in a bun. Oh. Th- that was me <laughs> a whole year. Oh wow. Yeah. And then when I when you know, after that finish and I you know, I came back into like the modeling space, everyone's like, She's so different. <laughs> she's like real chill. Like, but it really it, it really taught me who I really who I really am. You know what I mean? Like, um, and and what I stand for and what I am as a woman. So I'm I'm really thankful and I'm really appreciative of that. Yeah. Man, that's so interesting because <laughs> that how you changed. Because I think because there's you know because us as Polynesians like we're brought up to hide our emotions there to keep it in. Yeah, with the mental health stuff nowadays, it's it's, it's been you know everyone's trying to um, talk about their feelings and bring it out and not hide it and and talk more. Eh? When we were growing up, it was like harden up sort of thing. No one wants to hear it. Like just just suck it up. But I think with with acting and with the with with the skill that you have to bring up these emotions from the past and use it for your character, like that sort of teaches you how to actually let loose. Say. Eh? Or you know, be be relaxed, like because there's that thing where a lot of it is, a lot of the holding it in stems from you don't want outside people to know certain things. Like you don't want you don't want to show any weakness, you know. You don't because we're worried about what other people think, and I think that's a big part of why we hold things in because the people that tell us to hold things in, they don't want people to know too. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. they don't want to be uh, vulnerable. And nowadays, everyone talking about being being vulnerable and i think yeah, you think that this acting is just uh because it's a job you're supposed to let all these things out and it will change you yeah. it'll make you think make you think that you know it's uh it's an art it's an art form yeah. you're doing that to make people entertain people you know to to send a message out sort of thing it's not about it's 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 doing it knowing that you shouldn't worry about what other people think yeah yeah, yeah that's cool that's <laughs> so cool because <clears throat> because how long have you been acting now was, was this before did we, you were acting before um you won miss new zealand yeah i did a i did like short films like you know um a few little projects before Sosafina. Mm. Uh, that was just for fun. And then I realized, I was like, oh, I actually really like this. And it was not until there was this one project I was a part of, and it was called Impossible. And I'm so thankful. Her name is Belinda Lee. After we finished shooting, and you know, producers don't need to do this, right? So they they did the short film because they want to turn it into a feature film so they wanted to get funding and all that kind of stuff so belinda lee man she is just a firecracker like a bomb right she's multi-talented and she's a woman that knows what she wants right and she's worked alongside people like peter jackson like she knows her stuff and i remember after we filmed she was like let's go get something to eat right and I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like, cool. We go out to eat and she's like, this is up to you if you want to do this or not. But I'm going to recommend for you 
to take acting classes, right? And then I was like, oh, okay. And then she goes, I think there'll be something quite special for you if you really tune into this craft. And for me, you know, right when she said that, mm. she didn't have to go out of her way, right? She didn't have to go out of her way, take me out for us to go eat. And for her to really, she said so many things, but to put me on game. Right. Right. And she, and she kind of gave me a perspective of, you know, you're a woman of color, but don't, I don't want anything to happen in the sense of, let's just say New Zealand Film Commission's like, oh yeah, she's nice, but she doesn't have the chops. Where does she study? Has she really tuned into her craft? Do you know what I mean? Because I think that's what separates the best from the greats, right? You you have people in in the industry now who still take acting classes and they've won Oscars, right? They they won Academy Awards, but that's because with acting you still have to learn so much. And for her to like that that day was life changing for me. You know, when she said that to me and then I was like, okay. And it, when she said that to me, it's like, I kind of could see something. I was like, I know. You know how when people say stuff to you and you're like, I know what you mean. Like, you want me to be ready, mm-hmm. right? When she said that to me, literally the next week I signed up to an acting class. Because I was like, nah, I'm not going to play around. And people won't waste their time, right? They can go and speak to so many people, especially if if they're well-respected, they can speak to anybody in the industry. But if someone really takes their time out to, to try to put you on game, trying to help you, and from a woman to a woman, for me, I will really take that advice. Right. The next week, signed up um, to an acting class called Casey Stetson. And from there, that's where I found out there was a scholarship from my school that I went and studied at. But if I didn't go and studied at that school, I would have never got the scholarship to study that whole one year at the actors program because I, I, I didn't have the money mm. i couldn't afford it and it was it's one of those schools it's like you it's not you can't go through the government it's either you you get sponsors to help you or you have that kind of funding but for me it was just like it's just so interesting when you're when you're obedient right because for me i'm 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 not the strongest christian woman but i'm still a christian woman and i know God sends different people in different times. And I felt like that was one of God's signs for me. He was like, okay, let's, let's, she says she wants it. Mm. Let's see if she's, if she's obedient. So that's, you know, things that I'm trying to work on in. But yeah, it's helped me so much, man. Just from listening to her advice, going through that first acting school, then that whole one year full studying acting, it, has opened so many doors for me that I'm just so thankful about. So, yeah. So, did you ask her what was it that made her say, come on, let's go get something on the stage? Did you ask her that? Like, he, what, what did she see? Yeah, she, you know, she said to me, you ha- <laughs> you know, I don't like to say these things. It's just like, because it's like, oh. But um, these are not my words. These are her words. She said, you have the star quality. Mm. And, you know, she's she's worked with well-respected actors that I look up to. And then I'm like, what? You know, sometimes people see things in you that maybe you don't see or they see things like, I know where this person can be. I just kind of need to give her some advice or Dir- guidance. Direction. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it's like, you know, wherever I'm at in the world, hopefully I can I can do that, especially if, if it's for a young 
Maori or Pacifica, you know, girl or woman, mm. just that guidance, just that push, like sometimes we get lost in this world, but it's just that little direction of like, maybe, maybe go, go down this journey, go down this route. Mm. Um, yeah. And until this day, we're still in touch. Right. Yeah. Right. We're still in touch and yeah. So she's a executive producer in New Zealand, is she? Um, she does producing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. does producing. Yeah. Because what, what does that look like in New Zealand? Because when I think of a uh, executive producer or producer of, of movies, they're like a rich person that doesn't know anything about movies, but will spend money on making the movie. Yeah. Like, is that, do we have people like that here in in New Zealand? Or is it all like New Zealand on air, uh, government funding and New Zealand Film Commission stuff? Is that, mm-hmm. that that's different, eh? That's not the same. I feel like we definitely have producers here. Yeah. And in on different kind of levels, right? In different kind of spaces, different kind of genres, which is very beautiful. And what I'm really happy about is seeing more of our people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if we don't get the funding from New Zealand Film Commission, it's it's about them creating their own opportunities from the for themselves and to help upcoming talent, which I really, really love. You know, like if we look at um theater productions that are happening or like i mean big shout out to troy like you know he's done don raids then aletini you know what i mean but that's him creating his own opportunities like just putting himself out there and i love that i love that for our people you know what i mean especially if you're not getting funding is trying to figure out how we're going to get from a to b but naturally we have that within ourselves like we're we're natural navigators in this modern time it's just trying to figure out how we're going to get there and we can we just need to take time out to really let go of things that distract us really tune into our focus our focal point and then we'll naturally know what direction we're supposed to go into so yeah i i absolutely know what you're saying because i had this podcast two episodes two episodes ago with um jamema uh Jamema Titia. She's um she's a professor at Auckland Uni. She does um Pacific Studies. And we had a conversation about this kind of thing. The the spaces um Polynesian people can own, you know? Because we are good at the things we are good at. You know, acting is one of them, because you know, we grew up with going to church and going to White Sunday and stuff like that. You know, but that's some of the things we love, right? Sports, obviously, sports. Um But then how do we own these spaces? And how do we own it for ourselves? So that was an interesting conversation because we can, because we are good at these things. We shouldn't be, I think there comes a time when we start working for someone and start doing our own stuff. And I think you see that in the movie industry, eh? in the film, TV industry, especially in New Zealand. Like when I was talking to um, to Hinano and, and, and Manu about it, they were saying, oh, Auckland's like, man, this, this is the place to make Polynesian movies, you know? Because everything's here. And they were so happy, so excited that they could had the opportunity to come here to edit their movie. And unfortunately, they didn't do the premiere because of, of COVID. But yeah, it was, it was interesting to get their perspective on what's like over there in the States. Because they're trying to push through those those barriers. Eh? And um, yeah, no, they just had an amazing story. Because when you talked about f- funding, they actually sold their house. Yeah, you know they put everything on the line. Self-funded, yeah. And for them to believe the story, we're talking about uh, Sosavina. For for them to believe the story, 
and to actually making a movie. You know, just out of the blue, it sounds like, you know. And you don't know who would want to see this, you know. They just went on a limb and, you know. Wow, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's yeah, amazing Incredible dreamers. And they're such good people. Mm. You know what I mean? Really, like, those who, you know, like, for yourself, who've got to speak to them and know them, they're just such grounded, humble people who are dreamers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I love, I love people like that. Like, and they had the courage to be like, I don't know what's going to happen with this, but I'm just going to put everything. I'm going to go all in. Right? Jump in the deep end. That's a different kind of respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. <laughs> And yeah, that that was inspiring for me. That was inspiring, you know. And unfortunately, you know, I can get inspired and go back to <laughs> the same old, same old every day. But you know, but now nah, it's good to hear these kind of stories. But you know, when you went to because you lived over there, you lived in Utah, yeah. but you were born here, and then I was born in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was that how? Because was that the connection you had in Utah that they got you to? Star in the movie, or was it just uh, no? You know something what? else. It was actually social media. All right. All so right. they were doing auditions, hmm. and I remember seeing that they were looking for somebody, and I just like reached out. I'm the type like I'm not shy. If I see there's some kind of opportunity or something, I'm just gonna give it a go. Like what you can't? What are you gonna lose, right? For, hmm. for trying. And I remember they were like. Oh, well, actually, like, um, to get you to audition, we're going to send you a script. And, yeah, it's it's such a funny story. You know what I mean? Because you weren't going to play the party. I was not. I, I'm, <clears throat> I wasn't picked for Sosafina. Yeah. Um, I So the the role that I got casted for originally was Queenie. Oh, yeah. The the, uh, the dancer. Yeah. Because there's, no, there's no stripping in the, <laughs> in the so movie. So <laughs> I, I was Queenie's character. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I did my audition. Then they contacted me and they're like, congratulations, you have received Queenie's role. And I'm like, okay. But you know what was so funny? I thought I was Sosofina. Right. But you know those time, those kind of things, you have to trust the producer and the director. You know, for mm. me, I don't like to step on people's toes. And I was like, okay. Because for me, naturally, I was Sosofina. Right. Like, naturally, my personality is Sosofina. Right. So... It would have been so easy. But for me, I, if I was where to play mm. Queenie, I would have been happy because I like to play something really different. Mm. And then... Did you have to send the tape? Video tape? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I had to do an audition through Skype. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Skype thing. So they were, they were watching you yeah, on yeah. the TV. <laughs> and then so after that... Um, yeah. So after they said Queenie's role, so they messaged me two weeks after and they're like, you know, actually, we we feel that you are Malia. Oh, okay, the, and the friend, like, day, the friend. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm 100% ready. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, sign me up. So we flew, so I flew out to America. We did our first day of shooting on Sosafina, right? I'm playing Malia. Everyone's playing their own roles. Like, mm. Sosafina's playing, Sosafina, Jews playing, Jew. And it was not until we finished, this is the first day of shooting, mind you. When we finished filming that scene, Hinano and Manu came up to me and was like, we're switching your character. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, you're actually Sosefina. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh. Mind you, I already, I already memorized and I already learned Malia's parts. Right. So I was already in her character body. So it was when they told me that, I was like, 
okay. I just smiled and went to the room, learned. I learned all the lines I had to learn for Sosefina because we were shooting the next day. And there were so many lines. Mm. And I just was like, you got this. But for me, I like being under pressure. Yeah. Because me being under pressure, I I feel like I tend to work way better. Right. right. So I was memorizing Sosefina's lines like nothing. Like, but then it was just like, it was just so funny. Like, I always joke around about it to Hinano and Manu. I'm like, man, did you, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I had to learn all these. I, I learned Queenie's lines, Malia's lines, and Sosefina's lines. Like, right. I was all three of them in one. But, mm. it, but it made things more easier because I could really relate. You know, when people are doing their dialogue, doing their scenes and stuff, I could, I could feel it. Mm. Um, but yeah. So no, I wasn't casted as Sosefina. That that wasn't my character. It was Queenie as at first. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Fun as times. A, as an actress, and you memorizing lines on that. When when is it? Is it the director that makes the decision that you can improvise, improvise, or is it just you can just do it or stick to the lines or? How does that work? Like whether you can or cannot improvise a scene. I feel like it's a discussion to have with the director. Oh, beforehand. Before, oh, okay, yeah. Um, some some directors are quite lenient. They're like, yeah, you can improvise, but some of them they have a tight knit relationship with the writer, right? Where they really want to honor the words on the script, right? right? So, because it's like there's some you know when you read a script, a writer doesn't just put a full stop there for no reason, or you know, everything has a meaning. Um, sometimes when you, you know, add your own words, sometimes it loses the essence of whatever that emotion is. Mm. Because like maybe it was supposed to be serious, but then you added a little joke. And it's like, mm, it could it could be, <laughs> it, could, it could fit. And the director's like, yes. And then sometimes like the director will be honest and be like, oh, maybe we'll stick to the lines on the script, you know? <laughs> and, and, and it's beautiful. It, it, I feel... As long as the, the director is honest and he mm. knows what he wants, that vision, he, he wants to capture what he wants to capture or she wants to capture what she wants to capture, I feel like everything will be fine. But usually the ones that I work with, they tend to like to to skip um, stick to whatever has, has been written. Mm. Yeah, That makes sense with the writer because if he's putting it on paper, if he's writing the screen, if he's doing the screenwriting, like writing the words, like he's got the image in his head already. Eh? Yeah. And so he knows... What he thinks, oh, he knows what he's, what the scene should look like when he's writing it. Yeah. So when it changes, it's like, oh no, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then the, he's having a conversation with the director too, eh? So who has the the director has the most power with that? The director can override the screenwriter, or I feel like usually the director calls the shots, mm. but then it's like it, I think it just depends because one of um, the short films I was a part of it was di- the director and the producer really working together where the producer was like oh maybe like was suggesting something and the director was like oh okay so there's like a partnership it just really depends mm. yeah each job is different eh? each yeah, project each, is different yeah 100% yeah. <laughs> I watched um, there's a series on TV on TV in the on demand um, The Offer oh Have I haven't it? no I haven't because my favorite movie of all time is The Godfather. Oh, okay, yes. So the series about the is about the making of it. Oh, so it's really? about it's about the producer, and 
and how he put his crew together okay and how we they try and get the acting and it's it's a that it's a dynamic between the the main producer the guy that's going to pay for everything he just likes to be in the movie business but he doesn't know anything about being in the movies oh right you know? so and you just see all that the, the different levels of the executive producer and producer and all that and then the director they hired a director i know it's all it's all about the the drama behind the making of the of the movie but you get to see you get to see everything on behind the scenes really yeah and it's yes. you send me yeah can you send me that yeah i will i will check it out oh because godfather is one of my favorite does it? movies yeah too. <laughs> no, it does it does yes <laughs> it, yeah that's one of the greatest movies of all time but yeah like but yeah, I watched. I had to watch Sosfin again. I watched it um, in the weekend because you oh, yeah. come on. And that, just to, <laughs> but and that was, I thought that I thought it was a long time coming because of, first they all cancelled the premiere and then it took about a couple of years eh, before they brought it out again. But did you have a chance to go back to to the premiere over there in the states? Yes, I did. I actually went to the premiere. Um, and the reason being is because I have so much respect for Hinano and Manu. They're, you know, Sosafina, even though it was a movie and we filmed it, they are my family, Hinano and Manu, and, and the cast and the team. And also because the premiere was in my home city, Utah. So I had to go back. There was no way. Like, I know a lot of my family would be like, how are you going to make a movie? You're going to make a movie, and then it's gonna, the premiere is going to be in your hometown. And you don't even come. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's just it, a whole lot of it had was, was just the respect I had for, you know, the place I grew up. Because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up here in New Zealand. Even though I was born here, like, there's just, there's a lot of things I can't relate to in terms of, like, being a Kiwi. Like, sometimes people will say things and I don't get it. Like, you know, because I didn't grow up here. Right. I'm, I'm slowly catching on to things, but so much of me is very much American, you know, like, my whole just the way that i'm put together and so when people say what's your hometown i i always rep 801 i'm like that's where i'm from (laughs) (laughs) man you know it was great casting but in in that movie um sosavina great casting because everyone suited their part you know even the bad guy the two bad guys they did so good (laughs) even your um your love interest Yes, get it, you. And as, as two mates, <laughs> yeah, like, everybody suited their part. It was the, I thought the casting was like was on, yeah, it was on, yeah. But um, so have you heard from those guys? Um, Hinano and them and Manu, like, well, because I because uh, I I always keep contact with um with Lee. Yeah, oh, Lee is so good, isn't he? Because he loves movies, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're always back and forth on the chat, like talking about movies. Oh and that. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but uh, he's always talking about how they're they're in the midst of writing a lot of stuff and moving on to the next the next thing yeah great hustlers huh yeah i actually messaged hinano last night so we still keep in contact like we're still very much like hey what is happening all that kind of stuff i'm still in the loop of like seeing them promote their things and yeah Yeah. so hopefully do another movie with them it's quite funny looking back at sosafina after studying acting right because i look back and i'm like Wow, there's so many, you know, but it's like, I can't be hard on myself. I'm like, oh, oh you're good. Um, critique, you're, you're yeah, because I'm like, I'm watching, I'm like, dang, but you know, like, I knew that's what I knew at that time. And you know, I, I know the more projects that I'm a part of and I look back on, I'm gonna be like, there's always gonna be a, 
oh, I could have done, you know, especially when you learn more about the craft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Because <laughs> how many projects have you done after that, after Sosefino? Oh, wow. Well, you've done the Brutal, what's it called? Brutal. Brutal Lives. Brutal Lives, yeah. Um, that's, that's an interesting one. Is that a period? Is that um, back in the days? Is that a movie about back in the old ancient? Yeah, so without i don't want to say too much because right, i don't right. want to spoil it like it's it's um it's based in modern times mm. but i take them to my world right which is ancient so like um uh Tinisa, did you see that one yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like that feel yeah that feel yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see there's a lot of um pacific movies coming out eh? yeah. like film so awesome it's good mm. um yeah yeah that's a good question um yeah i to be honest i don't, i can't keep count of how many things um just because a lot of them it's like they were short films and now we're gonna get ready to do the future film um which oh, is right. all everything's gonna start unfolding next year but um is that sort of like the pathway now so get funding like make a short film first and see how it goes it's sort of like a pilot yeah just so like you know especially if you have a grand vision for it and you know where you you know you know where it can be mm-hmm. and i know new zealand film commission is quite helpful with that it's just making sure you put it together beautifully that like especially the storyline and making sure you capture what you need to capture telling that and then presenting it but also like i said even if you don't get funding there's always ways to to make your own projects a lot of the projects i have been a part of have been self-funded and that's that's what I love about it. You know what I mean? Even if like they don't pay me, it's because I love acting so much of my passion that I'm just like, okay, cool. Let's 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 bring this to life and make it happen. If they're 100, percent you know, if if they're passionate about it too. But if they're like mucking around, they're like, no, we just want to be seen. We want to make things because it's it's the trend. I I try not to gravitate towards that. Right. It's like I I really want to feel your heart. Like your your heart is really into this project. And then if you are, I'm more than happy to collaborate and be a part of that project but if it's just like i want to i want it because i want to be famous i want to be i want to see how many likes i can get i'm really not interested in that conversation <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's the theme of what you've oh. been saying this whole episode you know like you're not that type of person you know you've oh got your foundation God. you're helping the community that kind of stuff like I think that, <laughs> but you know it's um it's good because i don't know if you're do you have dreams that make it to Hollywood? Because, you know, when you see or hear about New Zealand actors, like, for me, I think, for me, just, just seeing it, the pathway is like Swollen Street. And then next minute, they're trying to get out of there and go to, go to the States. And then sometimes they come back because it's really hard. Then you hear the stories about how hard it is in LA and all that, that kind of stuff. But that's, but that's just a different pathway. That's just what they want. But it sounds to me, you, you're real, you're real selective in what, what kind of projects you, you want to do. Eh? Like it's not about the likes. It's not about being famous. It's, you know, is that right? It's like where your heart is. Yeah, one hundred percent. I feel for me is, if I go to Hollywood, I go. I think because I'm from America. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of like it doesn't really phase me, and I mean that in the most humblest way for me i want to make it here in new zealand and the reason why is because we have one of the best storytellers in the world and the talent in here in new zealand is mind-blowing 
it's just we need to be given the opportunity to be seen mm. and i feel god it's like things are gonna start coming up for us you know what i mean like there's been so many incredible projects and i don't want i'm not interested in going anywhere i i want to be here i want to make i want to collaborate with great new zealand creatives make beautiful projects bring those to life and wherever god takes me god will take me but i, I want to be here and i know a lot of people like even conversations of people that i'm connected with in america they're like come here we can put you on this and this for me it's just like i first have to make it in my birth country you know what i mean like this is even though i didn't grow up here in new zealand i was born here and there's so much responsibility as a creative that i need to really make it here first mm. before i'm interested in you know but i like i touched based on it it depends on what your end goal is like when you ask people what's your definition of success what is that for you and for me it's just like i want to tell stories especially stories of women who really don't get that opportunity to be seen and heard and those roles are are quite deep quite you know interesting in their own kind of way like and i feel those a lot of those stories are here in in new zealand you know what i mean and and telling more of our stories with our community that's where my focus is so yeah it will come you know for me i'm a big believer like I, I will work with Denzel. I will work with Viola. Like, those things will come. But I need to first work with my people. I hear know? what you're saying. I hear yeah. what you're saying. Because, when you, you know, when you think of Hollywood, there's stories all the time. You know, if there's a story to tell, they'll tell it. No matter how, if it came on the paper like two weeks ago, they'll make a movie out of it. You yeah. Know? But you're right. There's a lot of stories here in our own country, here in New Zealand, that need to be told. And who's who can bring these stories out? I know these little... There's been a lot of small, short documentaries being coming out lately. I don't know if you saw the one about um, the segregation, the no, I the racism in, um, in Pukekohe in the 40s and 50s. No, what is it called? Uh, I forgot. Oh shit, I forgot. But it's on it's on YouTube. Oh okay. Um, do you know Alice? Um, Lola Hill. Lola She done her documentary. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, called Testimony. Mm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one too. Oh, okay. These kind of things. Mm. These kind of stories. That you know they get funded to be made, and it's like eight minutes, right? But it can't be a movie. You know we need writers to write these out, to you know. But I, I think we're good at doing all these little things, little articles to tell the story. But when when do we get up to level like Hollywood when they just make a movie out of it? You know, you know. Do do we need more Polynesian writers? Do we need more? Do we need more eh? people with that into it? That they want to bring these stories out. And not being scared to be seen and just to come out. And you know, it's I'm I'm actually quite happy you brought up Alice. Man, she's so incredible. I actually haven't seen um the latest project as you touched based on, but I did see she was heavily involved in Valerie Adams documentary film. And I was just so proud. I'm like, man, she's really owning in on her craft and just doing it. You know what I mean? And and I love seeing that for our for our Pacifica woman, you know? So, yeah. And mm. I need to watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's on YouTube. Oh, okay. I need to check it out. But see, even that, like, if it's on YouTube, then why can't it be on mainstream? That's the first word I had. But it's that, it's that, um, I think they're called uh, Loading Docks. Mm. That's the production. Yeah. 
Have you worked with them? Oh, was it Loading Docs that did mm. it? Oh, I didn't know that. Do you work with them? I don't think I have worked with them. Mm. Look at me. <laughs> and then they're like, Simon, you lied. Because <laughs> like, I, I know that name, but I'm just trying to think who's behind it. Right. Yeah. If you go on the YouTube page, like they've got all these other doc- documentaries as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like eight minutes, ten minutes. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. But you're right. You're right. I think we need... We need more more writers, I think, eh? Like like um like Oscar. He's probably in the forefront of New Zealand um film T V um stage show kind of stuff. Mm. Like we need more people like him, eh? Yeah. His his style is, is different, but maybe we need yeah. We need more people like that. Yeah. Mm. Then with your experience now, like in the industry, do you see that happening? Like more things coming through, more more people coming through, um, coming out of school and. I feel like yes, there's there's more than coming under like you know I want to tell more stories or you know connect with people, be in more projects, um, and it's quite refreshing. And, you know, for me, it's like as a touch based on it's like it's learning. You know, we learn from each other, and um, I was part of this workshop last week. And I'm so much acting. I'm like, yeah, 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 all this stuff. I signed up for the workshop and I I signed up for acting, right? But I got put on as a director. And I was like, how did I get put? Because, you know, people in that space know I do acting, right? And, and I was like, I wonder how I got chosen to do directing. But for me, when things happen like that, I'm like, okay. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll take on the challenge, right? What I didn't realize was... I 100% love directing. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like. What was it? I think it's because when you're an actor yourself and you direct, you know how to really connect with the actors, how to get them safely into spaces, how how, how to help them get into that emotion and to, and most importantly, to connect with each other where it looks real when if it's read real when you're when you're watching it. And it was an aha moment for me because from that workshop, I was like, I'm going to start taking, I'm, I'm going to start learning the craft of directing. I'm still going to be involved heavily in acting, but I think it was just little opportunities like that, right? Like, let's just say if you're a writer, how about get put in, in the seat of a producer? See, see how you like that. And that from that workshop really inspired me to like really look I'm I'm gonna start looking into directing, producing, and writing, because it's like, who said mm. I have to just stick to acting? Because man, I I honestly my cup was so full after that workshop. I really really loved just that, and it's not more so the sense of oh I'm the director. It was more sense of working one on one with the actors, mm. really guiding them and helping them because you know from experience with some actors, I mean from directors. Sometimes you're like you try and understand where they're where they're coming from when they direct, but it's like it's a different kind of directing when an actor directs you because they get it right, and it's just like, man, if I could step into that seat, really owning into this craft, and I'm helping the next generation, it would be easy for me to connect with with mm-hmm. our people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like mm-hmm. in a safe way, because I've heard so many crazy stories about, you know directors producers and all of that kind of stuff but for me it's like right diamond that's a responsibility for you like let's learn this so if you ever 
you know, one day I, I would love to make my own project and I bring all these creatives, which were will be our people. I want to make sure they're looked after properly, especially when, when we're on set and that they're, that I know how to get them there safely and get them out of that character safely. If that mm. makes any kind of yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 100% looking into directing now. <laughs> <laughs> Not that's cool because yeah. you know how I say we need more writers. Yeah. See that that's kind of the space you can get into, like creating the whole whole project now. Now you can be the storyteller mm. rather than giving the message of the story. Yeah. Mm. And I, like I said, it, it was not until doing that workshop that if I didn't do it, it wouldn't make me think of directing, writing and producing. Like now I'm like, okay, we're going to really get into this craft, learn it and and see where it takes takes me or it takes us, you know, as as a community. So, yeah. So what's the next step then for you then? If it's directing, if you jumped in this workshop, the your experience being a director, now what? Do you just say, oh, I'm a director now. What's my next job? Or how, how does that work? <laughs> so, because naturally I'm a writer. Right. Because my my music background. Yes. Um, I, I naturally write. Things come to me, like if I put on an instrumental, words come to me very fast, right? So, touching base on that directing, it really made me like, because I've I've always wanted to do this project and it's based on a true story. And I was like, why am I waiting for people to do this? So I've been writing, actually. Um, I definitely want to create this future film. But for me, it's like, I know the conversation that I'm having with God is he just really wants me to educate myself in these spaces. Because I've been in rooms where, even though we're respected, but if we don't have the credibility, sometimes they're like, hmm. And I don't ever want no person, doesn't matter what status you're in, to look at me and be like, but do you really know what you're talking about? I want to be in that room and be like, oh, she in the room. But in mm. a humble kind of way, right? I don't want them to look down on me and be like, oh, she's she's Pacific Islander. Like, she's just doing this because because it's a vision, but what does she have to back her up? So I know the co- a lot of the communication I'm having with God right now is she's just saying, educate yourself, learn, really learn. But also be in the room with, Get into the room with well-respected directors here in New Zealand and see how they work. Learn from them, you know. Be be on their side and see how they direct. Even writers, see how they write. See, there's always something that you can take and learn from and and put it into your craft and and try to do better, right? So my main focus for next year is just putting this project together and and see how it goes. But but right now it's I'm just in the space of I'm doing a lot of learning. I'm I'm taking a lot of classes. Yeah. So a lot of behind the scenes for me at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put in the work, eh? Yeah. To get there. But that's absolutely, you're absolutely right, man. Like if I, I like that I like that kind of attitude. If it's not there, make it yourself, you know? Yeah. And that's I like to think that's what I did with this podcast. Yes, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to hear people I I would do it myself if yeah. no one, no one's gonna talk to it. these people <laughs> the way the way I wanna talk talk. But um but you've got a lot of support, man. With, especially with the movie stuff because you know you got Hinano on them you know you got people here the the projects you worked on here in New Zealand like you've got them to back you up too so, I'll, I'll make sure to invite you to some and you invite me too if you have some <laughs> some things Cam <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to um, seeing the result of your work next year when you 
when you get your 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 project done. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Because <laughs> usually these things like it's so interesting, right? When you watch a project and you're like, man, this was filmed two years ago. You know what I mean? It was it was written or even f- it was written four years ago, filmed two years ago, and out now. Because this thing was was t- t- 2018. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Long time ago, yeah. But yeah. people are like, man, did you guys just shoot that? I'm like, nah, that's that's been in the works. Mm. Yeah, it's since 2018. But yeah. When, when does the um, Brutal Lives come out? What I last heard was this month. Right. Yeah. Because when did that finish um, shooting? A while ago, was it? Um, last month? Oh, okay. Or like a minute, it was like only. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me, I'm trying to backtrack. It's yeah. It was quite recent, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. Before we jumped on the mics, I told you about my um, my cousin who works in, in the movie mm-hmm. industry, and man, he was he was working on projects that from 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 overseas, and the, the COVID thing was interesting because they still worked, but if we were on level, if we were on level three. Then they were on level two, mm. and it was a way for for overseas to look at New Zealand, yeah, to say, "Oh, these guys can still work. We'll put some work, some more work." Because that was a big deal for them how to how to run the COVID thing at at at, at their at their studio, which was interesting. But um, yeah, he said, "Oh, it was, it was the um the power of the rings." <gasps> Oh my gosh, I love that! Oh my god, I, did you watch season one? I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen oh, it because I'm gosh. I'm more of a um, House of Dragon guy. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm picking my team. Okay? <laughs> wow. So yeah, he was on that, but that was an interesting one because um, they they took off, eh? Because I think uh, our government gave them a lot of um, um, subsidy to be here. Mm. But I think there was some drama. I, yeah, I don't know what the behind the scenes is, but I heard they're going to be bringing. I don't. I don't know if they already shot season two. I don't know if the conversation with season two or season three is going to be back here in New Zealand mm. or something like oh, that. Okay. How oh my gosh! How awesome is that for your cousin to be a part of? I literally I was glued to my phone watching season one. Oh really? I oh, love because yeah. that's my favorite genre. I love um, oh, the fantasy. Oh my gosh, I love fantasy. <laughs> I'm like, yes, please make me a dwarf, like make me an elf. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that world. Yeah. I mean, it's good for our industry, the the film industry, yeah, because you know that when when America comes here and films here, you know, all everybody that's in the industry get has work, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Wow, that's so awesome, man. Mm. So I recommend for you to watch it. What 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 would you say about House of Dragons? Because I, I was a Game of Thrones fan, except for the last episode that everyone hated. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was mad at the last like, uh, why? Yeah. how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that House of Dragon because everyone knows the ending because the book's already they already read a book read the book about it, so it's good to see. But it's not as good as Game of Thrones, but oh okay, because um, it's more serious. Oh, you know the thing with uh, me. Because I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. I'm, I'm a Star Wars guy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm part of this whole culture of them versus us. Lord of the Rings versus oh, Star Wars, you know? Yeah, that, that different world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, uh, the fans hate each other. I didn't <laughs> know they you know, hated <laughs> each other. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm on the Star Wars side. But so, 
I'm biased when it comes to that. But um, see, the thing is with what I like with Game of Thrones versus Lord of the Rings is that with Game of Thrones, it's it's more realistic in the sense of the the characters with like with, you know with the royal family on that how they you know they back in the days they practice incest and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff like they have it in the Game of Thrones so it's like that same thing yeah and um and when they have a war there's a background to it yeah like if they they need to then they need to make some money so they can pay the, so they can pay for the war mm-hmm. if they if they don't have money then the war they'll lose the war yeah so it's more realistic kind of side to it mm-hmm. whereas whereas Lord of the Rings like you can just snap your fingers and cast a spell and they win the war you know <laughs> you know what's so interesting I had this conversation with my brother-in-law big shout out to my, to him Andrew yeah I didn't realize I didn't realize that a lot of these worlds are connected right so he told me something quite interestingly so because um, I didn't I did watch Game of Thrones, but I wasn't heavily into it. Is it? He's Stark. He's a Stark. Is this? Yeah, he's a Northern Stark. Yep. Was it? Is it Ned? Yep, Ned Stark. Yep. So you know Ned's in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. Oh, the actor, Sean Bean. His character. Oh, oh, is he? Yeah, that's what I was tripping out about because we were having this conversation. He's actually one of the holders of the rings. Ned Stark. That's what I was tripping out about. I was like, what? See, that's why I need my brother-in-law to be here because he's, man, like he's, when I'm, when I say he's really into these worlds, mm. like heavily, like he knows it. He even knows like, even if we we're talking about Marvel and stuff, he, he knows it from the comic books. Like right. he's really into it. And he, he was like telling me this whole history. We had this whole like one hour or two hour conversation <laughs> about Rings of Power. And then he's like, then he, he, we talked about Game of Thrones and he's like, you know, Ned, He's, he's like, you know, he was, he had one of the rings or something like that. And I was like, what? I was stripping out because there's a lot of connections in there. Which so is the actual character or just a coincidence name? No, no, it's the actual, like the character. Oh, wow. Like they're somehow the worlds intertwine in some kind of way, mm. which is quite interesting. If we were to think about the worlds, we don't realize, let's just say if they're in the time, they're in the, the same time frame, right? But they're in different worlds, but they're happening at the same time. What we haven't connected is, have we ever thought about them going into each other's worlds? Right. Because it happens, yeah. right? So when he said that to me, I was like, wow. And he really pulled up the article last night we seen. I was like, I was tripping out. I was like, what in the world? Is this all like an Easter egg? Yeah, it's like an Easter egg. It, it definitely is like an Easter egg. And I was like, oh, man. But the Easter egg that's in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Because you know how, like, sometimes, unless you really are a true fan, like, because I'll miss it. I, I won't be able to connect these clues. But for people like my brother-in-law, he'd be like, that's da-da-da from this 19th century. Like, he can he can connect right, it. Yeah. But for people who watch it, he explains it to me. And I'm like, I didn't know that. Because that's a, like, trick. Is that a thing? That's a, like, thing that directors like to do. In their, in their films because yeah. they like to reference other, the other movies in, yeah. this, in that so movie. Yeah, it's so smart. Yeah. Like if, if if the scene is they're watching TV, the TV's in the background, then the TV might play the, the yeah, yeah. other movie they yeah. made. That kind of thing. I love that. On um, Are you Indian and Jones fan? I haven't watched any. Because <laughs> in, in the first one, Red is the last arc, when they, when they lift the arc out of, out of the tomb, like there's actually uh, 
and you know the Egyptian Egyptian stuff on the walls and that. Yeah. There's a there's one with C three PO and R two D two from yeah. Star Wars. Really? Drawn on the, oh, so smart. Yes, things like that. This is, you know, things like Easter eggs like that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> so your your brother-in-law, he um probably connects all these kind of stuff. Eh? Like, Man, he connects it, and I love talking to him because <clears throat> he's like really into that world. Like um, you know, um, Quentin Tarantino, he does it all the time with his movies. Like even the same shot. Yeah. The open the boot shot and the cameras. Yeah. Is that here's that shot on all his yeah. all his films? And someone's characters, his characters intertwine too in all the movies. Yeah, I just love it. It's just yeah. it, it goes to show how their mind works. Yeah, you know how they put things together. It's beautiful. So, yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite? Um, I was gonna say favorite director. I don't think I have a favorite. I think I I like them all quite fairly because they all have different kind of ways and techniques they use, right? And that's the reason why I, I asked the question because when you get to know the techniques they use in their movies, it's it's um, it's a signature. Right? Yeah. So That's that's a hard question. I think that's yeah. harder than who's your favorite actor or actress. <laughs> it's yeah. like, ooh. Yeah. I think for right now, I like them all fairly, but it might change, mm. especially when I learn more about directing. Right. Yeah. Right. I feel Just like it, the style it would change. Yeah. 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 You named um, Viola Davis. He's your actress. He's your actor. He's your favorite actor. That's that's interesting. That's, <laughs> that's interesting and that's hard as well too. Because when it comes to the male, are you, are you going for the looks or are you going for the uh, the skills? I go the, for skills. The acting skills. Yeah. yeah. Acting skills. Because who's, um, who's Batman? I forgot his name. Oh, which which one? He's in all sorts of. Oh, he was um. What's his name? And he's on um. Uh, American Psycho. American Psycho. Dang, what is his name? I don't know. I can't. I, I can't remember name. it. See, that's that's how good Heath Ledger was because you forgot the yeah, main that's, actor's that's name. Like, that's, you know those things like you know and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's a hard-out method actor, that guy. Yeah. Like, all the stories he's... Did you hear that one when he he, he growled off the um the lighting guy? No, I didn't. Because he interrupted the scene? No, really? Like, he was doing a rehearsal, like a scene. I think you guys do screening rehearsals before the scene. Yeah. Like, on the spot. Like, yeah. you rehearse it then scene. So he was doing that. And then some guy was f- fixing the light. Yeah. And he just blew up at him, like, swore at him. And it was all caught on, like... Oh, really? Yeah. And he told off that the director... Did you fire this guy? Oh. It went on for like uh, like five minutes. Oh, I didn't see it. It's on the internet. Oh, right. But it was like something, because I asked my um my cousin about it, and he said, nah, that's, that happens. Because when when the director says, um, oh, clear the set or whatever it is, you can't do anything. If you drop something, you can't go pick it up. Yeah. If you, you know, if you did something, you gotta go. You gotta, you can't. Yeah. Once you interrupt the actor trying to, build up you know you're gonna ruin the whole scene yeah and i thought man that's i I think that's like you know first thought i think oh that's 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 kind of stupid like big deal but it is a big deal eh? yeah i feel like if it's coming from the actor's perspective or the actress like and they're really in the zone they're Mm. really in that space it's just it's just the whole respect thing but man i'm i'm also big believers like 
you really gotta respect people on set as well too like yeah. you know the cat the, um, the crew because what a lot of people don't know is crew is there before the actors everybody they're there before and they're the last ones to leave so i think there could have been another way he could have handled that and and i and i do understand you know coming from the acting side of it like you're really in that space and sometimes those kind of things can take you out of character but you should be so good enough that you can tap back into it there's just right. there's just never an excuse to 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 be that rude yeah you know what i mean yeah um but everyone's different mm. you know I think the, see if I was in that scene, I'd be like, "Come on, bro!" <laughs> like I think people would be like, "Dive in!" <laughs> like, like, come on, bro! Like he just was he's trying to do his job too, yeah. right? Because one thing I really learned was getting the right lighting. Man, it's not easy, man, and mm. especially them like moving in different spaces, different angles to get that perfect lighting. You gotta show respect to them too. Like mm. it, it's a lot, you know. Um, yeah, because that's a coordination thing with the cinematographer, eh? And you know, trying to yeah, because especially because I, I was there was this movie called Pig, and um, the scene was in the restaurant, and the restaurant had uh, windows in the front that went onto the street, but the problem was that they they had to shoot all day, but the scene was only like um, five minutes, so the challenge was the because the sun was moving. The challenge was for the lighting people to move, so it's like it's on the same same right. time of day. Yeah. But the scene, they probably cut bits in the scene where it's in the morning, but it is the night, but it looks like it's still in the morning because yeah. the lights change. Yeah. So it's really hard, eh? Yeah. It's technical and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 100%. Really, but see, we, we don't appreciate these kind of things. We don't know what goes mm. on in the background. Like, like, you know how my cousin does the lighting. Even the eye. Like when the camera's on the actor, actress and... They even look at the eyes, see if they can see anything that, yeah. that's not right. They, they'll change. Yeah. Wow, that's like down to the wow. like... You have, I have so much respect <laughs> for them, man. It's it's not an easy job. But I think it's just when you have that... You just have that respect. Like, man, they, they don't complain. They show up before you. If I'm speaking mm. from an actor, they show up before you and they leave after you. Mm. Like, sheesh. Yeah. It's, hard... it's, it's not easy, man. So, yeah. The other story I heard was, um, you know, Ralph Fiennes. He was in this movie that caused them to read a book. But because it was a prop, and the camera never sees the book, just yeah. sees the... He actually wanted them to write everything in the book yeah. for him. Oh, yeah. What? So, like, like, it was a it was a period piece. Yeah. But he wanted to have the writing from that era. Yeah. Like the old... You know, old English kind of thing. Yeah, but you're never gonna see it. In the, it was not in the right. Yeah, you know what? Quite interesting. See, like I said, like everyone works differently. Yeah, like they're like some people would be like, oh, I, I want this kind of stuff. And like I said, I feel like when you, I think I've come from a space of like, the you know, like the grounds. Like we really like I really start from the ground. For me, it's like I if that if I was in that space, I'm like I can look it up online ancient writing and write it myself right it's just because it's like you're learning more about your character mm. you're giving your character opportunity maybe to learn the language and write but like i said everyone's different some people will be like i can drink this water but then the, another one of my cast will be like but i want ice in this you know everyone's <laughs> different i can't judge you know but i just know i'll be the clown on set like oh psh, 
They're like, David! <laughs> yeah. I learned so much from from my cousin, eh, working yeah. in stories, going to work in that. Because there's like, all these jobs that I probably could do just to be on the set, you know? Yeah. Even if Yo, it's a, even if it was, that'd be fun. even if it was that job, there was a job like he said. There's a job that he, he has to go get stuff, and that's it. Yeah. If they need a, they need a balloon. There's no balloons. Yeah. He has to go get a balloon. Yeah. You know, like think, little things like that. Yeah. I think he was called a runner. Nah, good on your cousin, man, for yeah. being that man. I have so much respect for Cass, and they, you know what, they never complain. They're just like humble. They do the, they do the work, and they do a incredible work too. Mm. That's why I was just like, man. It would be fun to also learn that space, you know? Because when you're the Sosfina, all that crew was new, eh? Like, it was just Hinano and all those guys, eh? Yeah. Hinano and their family, yeah. Family and... I think the only person... There was only one person that was out. There was a... That worked close close hand to capture certain scenes. Um, But everything... Everyone Atola else... Also. Yeah. Atola. Everyone else was like... Tighten it, yeah, yeah. Because that, because that was their first ever experience doing that. Yeah, it must have been fun, eh? Just the family and yeah, we're doing this for the first time. We don't know what we're doing, <laughs> but we'll just do it. And it was so cool. Like, I I can tell their kids were very inspired. Mm. Like, man, like imagine that seeing your parents just go for it. You know, there's there's only so much talking we can do, mm. but when they see it firsthand, like actions, they're like, man, how inspiring it is for them. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fun uh. But yeah, I'm sorry. So answer your question. I have many, but I think the person that comes to my forefront is Denzel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome, man. He's so awesome, man. And and I just love the things that he sticks up for. Mm. Like, I don't know. I think it's like I'm I'm also interested what they do outside of acting. Right. Like, right. So I think that's why I chose Viola and Denzel. But there's just so many incredible ones. So, mm. yeah. I think of, um, I think of Tom Cruise right now. Oh, yeah. Because that guy, he's like a professional actor. Oh. Like, I can't believe how much he looks after his body all these years. Man, did you did you watch <laughs> Top Gun? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel like that was the only movie I wanted to watch again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Usually movies, I'm like, oh, that was awesome. Mm. But I, I won't be interested in watch it again. When I watched the, the second Top Gun, I was like, I, I want to watch this again, man. <laughs> yeah, it was good, eh? Yeah, it was so good. good. The thing I like about Tom Cruise, I, I don't really like him as an actor, but I just love his like his commitment to the art. Yeah, like his he's a professional actor because he looks after his body like hundred percent. Like he's still looking like thirty and he's like sixty. <laughs> I was like, you, you know what? I had so much respect when I found out they did their own stunts for Top Gun. Oh, he's 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 brutal for that kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, sheesh. <laughs> That's and see, I like that. That it shows their passion, mm. the commitment. Mm. But man, would you say you're a kind of actress that would not be afraid to do out of it roles, like roles you're not used to? Like, is that how it works? Mm-hmm. Are that when you know would you you would be that type of actress that would do those type of roles? Yeah, one hundred percent. Get out of your comfort zone. No. Yeah. I I feel there was a time frame where a lot of people kind of and it happens, you know, in the industry where they pick what kind of genre you are or what kind of look you are. And and there was a point where it's just like, oh the, the girl next door, the pre I was like, that's cute. <laughs> that's so 
cute. <laughs> That's my best de- description for it. But it's just like when you know your depth and you know where you can take it, it's just like, man, I can play so I I have such a diverse range. I can play different kind of roles. Mm. And I feel like that's why I'm really thankful for Mana Bo'uli's role because it's mm. it's something a lot of people haven't they, haven't seen. I haven't even seen myself in that light. Oh, wow. So I'm really excited. And I think this will make people be like, oh, like she's she really wants to play these different roles. Mm. She doesn't just... Because I remember when um, I worked I, I walked into set and the makeup artist was showing me the look because she's used to doing certain looks on me, right? And she's so lovely. And she's like, I'm so scared to show you your look. Oh, like in the... Yeah, like in the camera. like the, my look for the, for my character. She's like, oh, I, I don't think you're going to like it. And I remember when I seen it, I was like, oh, I wanted to cry. I was so happy. And she's like, do you love it? I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, I just... Like, cause she thought, cause she's so used from like me being glitz and glam, mm. like things being like perfect. Right. She was quite nervous how I was going to take the look for the character. But oh my gosh, I was like doing cartwheels in my head. I was so happy. I'm like, finally, like finally a team, like finally a director that gave me a chance to, to be seen for my artwork. You mm. know what I mean? Like, forget this. Let, let's talk about this. And mm-hmm. that, that's what I really loved. So, yeah. Mana Boli's character is very special to me. Right, right. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of thing, like, yeah, they'll allow you to not be afraid to do, play that kind of role again down the track. You yeah. Know? Or, or even a role that makes you go deep inside and take something out that you're not used to or haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Hey. One million percent. I, I'm really interested in villains. Right. I, I love dark villains because mm. it's like everybody loves villains eh? yeah like people people don't really understand why they do the things they do and in the in their headspace they're innocent they're, they're not doing nothing wrong they're just doing what they're doing because they're right in their head right mm. but of course to the hero it's like you're not right who's your favorite villain in movies Ooh. I forgot his name but I think my favorite is, um, I'm trying to remember. He's he was in the latest Thor. Oh, oh, yeah, that's the guy we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right for Batman. Yeah, but- <laughs> that's his name. I'm trying to remember his character. Oh, I, I'm trying to remember his character's name. I'm like, <laughs> find out. I can't believe I forgot his name. I can't believe I forgot his name. Was it Christian Bale? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh. I was like, see, see, see. Yeah. yeah, he was the guy that was told off the um, the, the lighting. Was it? Yeah, oh, was I know him. he's really into his acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christian Bale, yeah. Oh, seriously, yeah. As a villain, okay. I loved his... his. And I know Thor, that the latest Thor was different. Of course, mm. it had Taika's like, humor and such to it. Have you met him? Have you met Have you met Taika? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But yeah, but he's been he's got making moves, eh? Yeah, definitely. Mm. But yeah, I loved his character. I love Christian Bale's villain character in there. I would have loved to see it more. Like I, I, 
love to see his story kind of more of a standalone character. Mm. Yeah. He was the, the killer of gods or something. Yeah. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you want to play a villain, dark villain, like in a fantasy kind of role or a serious kind of drama or... I would say just every genre. Every genre, but a villain. And if it's not a villain, I would like to play just something not similar to who I am as a person. You you can probably write your own character now. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to write my own character. (laughs) Write your own villain. (laughs) No, that's so cool. That's so cool. And it's good to to hear. It's good. Man, you know what? I love love that we had this discussion because I, I love to get an insight of what goes on in New Zealand movie, film and TV, <laughs> you know. I get the I get it from a cousin, from his point of view. You know, it's good to get from you, uh, a real actress, you know, in, in it. Wow. I, did, I did get, um, we had um, Dominic, he came on the podcast. Because mm. he's in that um, TV show, um, One Lane Bridge. Oh, right, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had some funny, he had a funny story about, um, his little part in Savage. Did oh, you know yeah. You know that movie Savage? I haven't seen it's it. It's about the gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we had a part that he sort of, he, he messed it up. And that's a do it again. Mm-hmm. But the story was, was pretty funny. Oh, was <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> like, he had to scream, but it came out wrong. Oh, really? And I was like, cut, cut. That wasn't the kind of scream. Oh, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love those mo- moments with bloopers, right? Yes. Those are the yes. funniest. Have you got a few? Have you? <laughs> oh, I have too many. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Mm. cool. Let me check it out. <laughs> so that's all I got. That's all I got. Oh, thanks, Cam. It's alright. Nah, thanks for coming there. No, it was fun. I think it's always good to you know connect because you're creative too. You know, putting this together and yeah. And um, when, because I know usually the second viewing of Brutal, they have it at Mangare. Right. Mangare Town Center. And yeah, I'll, I'll invite you to come and watch it if you're free. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Thanks. And you're like, Diamond, I have some notes for you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I, I love movies, eh? Mm. I wish I, if I'll go back in the time machine, I'll probably go that way. Really? Yeah, because that's how much I love movies. And I didn't really know any pathways back then, so. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, you can. You could, you know, that's the th- good thing about being in, in that space, that industry. There's n- there's no time limit. You don't got to be a certain age. Where there's some right. spaces, age is a huge factor, right? But, nah, not in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Come to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks, Cam. Thank you. Have a good week. Yeah, you too. Right. <laughs> Bye.